Well, God bless you, PT. Let us go into the word of the Lord. First Chronicles chapter four, verses one, nine and ten. One and four we read from the New Living Translation. In verse 10, we'll be reading from the NIV. The descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Chobal. Verse 9, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful for her. Jabez cried unto the Lord of Lord God of Israel and said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me, Lord, and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And I love this part. And God granted Jabez's request. I want to speak to you on the subject, a pandemic prayer part four, the Lord's God's hand in my life. And this will be the final uh, series on pandemic prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that you, Holy Spirit, know exactly what each and every person needs, even as they're listening to this sermon, whether it's live or they go back to YouTube. I pray that you will bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get into uh, the word, deeply, I want to uh, I'm back with the uh, kids or the children. If you are 17 years old and under, I have a bonus question for you. And if you answer the question correctly, you will get a gift card. So the first two people, first two 17-year-old unders who respond to the question correctly with the email that you'll see on the screen, you will. I'll make sure that I mail this to you. So here's the question. Many times I've been to a number of protests and you hear the words, uh, say their names, say their names, meaning say the names of those who have been murdered by police officers or those who were murdered by people who were perpetrating to be police. And so uh, I went a little further last week where I said, don't simply say their names, but you should know in some cases what their names mean. So here's the bonus question. Last Week We've been hearing all during these past few weeks the name George Floyd. So here is the bonus question. What does the name George mean? The name George is a Greek name. Write down what the name George means or type it and send it in to the email address below. And the first two will receive the prize. God bless you. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about Jabez saying, uh, God, I want your hand to be with me. And we said that there's two things uh, that we want to keep in mind when God's hand is with us. One, we want God's hand to be on us. When God's hand is on our lives, that speaks of favor. One of the beautiful things I love, if you are going through uh, journeying with the morning uh, prayer group, 6 a.m., morning prayer, and 7 a.m. on Saturdays. We are traveling uh, with or through the book of Nehemiah. And we uh, and so when we open with Nehemiah, one of the things that Nehemiah was saying before he built the wall, uh, he would say, he would repeat this phrase, the hand 
of the Lord was with me, or the hand of God was on me, or people could see that God's hand was on my life. And so the point is, is that when God's hand is on your life, people should see the favor of God, the preferential treatment of God. They should see God doing things that only God can do. That's his hand on our lives. That's for favor. But when God, I want to speak to you today about having the hand of God, not simply on our lives, but the hand of God in our lives. The hand of God on our lives speaks of favor. The hand of God in our lives speaks of function. Now, I want to use this sermon to to help us understand the season that we're in and so that we can have a context of what God is doing, at least what God is showing me. So it's, it's very important for you to understand, those of you who have taken strength finders, you would know that uh, one of the strengths that they uh, identify in your life is context. And so one of my top five strengths is context, meaning that I, 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 my, my, what's important to me and maybe even what the area that I am, uh, may have a gifting in is, is context, which I believe is one of the reasons why uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a history teacher. Context is in Important. You could say somebody is stupid, and if you don't know the context, it could either be an insult or a point of endearment. I say, man, you're so stupid, meaning that, no, you're my boy, we're having fun, and I called you stupid. And so context uh, really matters. So I, I need you to understand the context with, with which um, I am, uh, I am uh, maneuvering and nuancing and navigating in this season. And so it's very important that in this season of not simply we're still in a health pandemic, but we're also in a racial pandemic. And so it's very important for you to understand and contextualize, number one, where I am so that you at least can pray for me. You may not understand why I'm doing what I do. In other words, for some of you, I may be moving too fast. For some of you, I may be moving too slow. For some of you, you're like, why doesn't the church do this when it comes to justice or the church is doing too much? And so my point is, is that if nothing else, after this message, hopefully you'll be able to say, my God, our pastor needs a lot of prayer. Secondly, the thing that you also want to understand is not simply what God is doing in me, but what God may be doing through our church as a collective, as a body of Christ in the city of Cambridge. And thirdly, you need to understand, God, what are you doing inside of me as an individual in this season? And what I mean inside of me, I'm not talking about that you have to be a baby boomer and in your 50s and 60s, well, 60s and 70s, like the baby boomers or a Gen Xer, meaning that you're under uh, 22. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying that wherever you are, Specifically, wherever you are, you need to understand that God is doing something right now in your life and he needs to function inside of you. If you know what I'm talking about, just lift your hands and say amen. Whether you praise the Lord like this or you give a thumbs up. So one of the things that uh, in the sport of of baseball, I played baseball when when I was a child. I was a very good baseball player in Little League. Uh, 
I almost broke the home run record for my city uh, in Somerville when I was a child. I missed it by one. And, but here's the point. When you, when you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, one of the things you will discover is, is they give awards, what they call the Gold Glove Award. And the Gold Glove Award is basically this. If you are, are really good at catching the baseball, when you go out in the baseball field, and I know there's, we have many people who are not from this country and may not understand the nuances of baseball, but baseball players, they wear a glove. And the glove that they wear, uh, whether they play catcher, meaning that they catch the ball that the, the thrower or the pitcher is doing, or first place or outfield, those who are really good and those who are the best at the craft of just catching the ball, even if they can't hit, just catching the ball, many times they will be awarded the gold glove, meaning that you are the best at your position. So usually when a person's in the Hall of Fame, if they're not in the Hall of Fame for hitting, they may be in the Hall of Fame for catching the ball, and they will have won multiple gold gloves, meaning that from year to year, they have won a gold glove. My point is this. Nobody gives praise to the glove. They give praise to the person whose hand is in the glove. So they'll say, one of my favorite uh, baseball players growing up, you won't know who he is, so you can just Google him, was Brooks Robinson. He played third base. When I was a kid, I played third base. They used to call, one of the nicknames they used to call him was the vacuum cleaner because nothing would get by him. And my point is, is that he won multiple gold gloves, but they weren't praising the glove. They were praising the hand that was in the glove. And my point is this, is that, one of the prayers we should be praying during this season of not only health pandemic, but racial pandemic is, God, put your hand in my life so that I can be the glove for your hand to do the works of God. So that when they see me doing great works, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 16 or 18, where it says, let your light so shine that men People will see your good works, but they'll give the glory to God. So let your works do such amazing things in the earth that when they see the glove, that is when they see you, they'll give glory to the hand of God that's at work in your life. If you know what I'm talking about, just put your thumbs up and say amen. And so I want to talk to you about four gloves, four ways that God wants to use Brian Green as the pastor of this church, or God wants to use us as a church in Cambridge, or God wants to use you in the world that you, that you move about in during this season. If you're with me, say amen. So there's four ways that God wants to use us. He wants to use us uh, in a caring way. He wants to use us in a cultivating way. He wants to use us in a combating way, and he wants to use us in a conducting way. Caring, cultivating, combating, and conducting. So let's talk about caring. Let's talk about caring. Uh, many of us, if we have been to the doctor's office 
uh, we have been in any uh, 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 situation where either A, you, you, you want to make sure that you don't spread germs, or you're in a delicate situation, or you're, you're, ha you're handling something that's very careful, or you don't want to be contaminated, uh, usually you will see this glove. When you see this glove, the rubber glove, that means something sensitive is happening, whether it's how you're handling my food, or as you know, when you go into a doctor's office, or when you go into the hospital, when they put on this glove, huh? are you with me? That usually means that they're handling a, a sensitive area. Are you following me? And so my point is, is that God wants to use us when he, he wants to put his hand in our lives to handle very delicate, sensitive areas. Are you following me? If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. If you've been to the doctor's office, say amen. Lord have mercy. And so here's the point I want to say. And that is that uh, I, you, you need to understand, and this is why I need you to pray for me, is because I'm, I'm in a situation right now where God is, is ra has raised me up to deal with very, this is a very sensitive season, and I have to be careful about how I operate. And so that's why I need the wisdom of God as I navigate through this season. What do you mean? So all of uh, last week, for the week, I was probably the one of the first people who city officials and folks would call with regards to, to giving remarks during this uh, racial pandemic when George Floyd was murdered by the police. I was one of the first people to call when, when I had to address uh, the city at the council chambers and I had to address uh, the city publicly as you uh, heard some of what I said publicly, when I prophesied publicly, uh, you, you just, all you have to do is listen to my sermon on last Sunday. That's what I said outside. And so there was a big protest this past Sunday in the Cambridge Commons. Uh, they, the article says it's about 2,000 people. There may have been more, but I mean, it was a, a huge amount of people. And one of the things that, that I, I, I noticed is that I received a letter today from the protest uh, organizers, I believe it was my brother's keepers, keeper, is a, a wonderful group, and I remember reading the letter and saying, thank you for those of you who have spoken, and they said a lot of people, a, a number of speakers dropped out of speaking. Why? Because they realized that this nuance and this navigating could be dangerous and have adverse effects to their reputation. Now, 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 so when you look at me, number one, I, I am, I am a leading pastor in this city. Most people know who I am. And so I got to be careful about how I function in the city because number one, I'm representing God. And number two, I'm representing 
this church. I'm, I'm representing more than uh, myself. So then there's the added nuance. Again, I'm talking about having to be careful, and that is I am also the chaplain to the Cambridge Police Department. So I'm a black man. I'm a black spiritual leader, but I'm also a chaplain called to serve the very people who we, or who America at this stage is protesting. Now, some of you may think that's an easy job, but it is not. Because on uh, I, I, this, this, this past week, I remember the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, uh, Brian, I need you to go to the police. I need you to call uh, Christine Elo. Some of you know her because we, uh, she's a police officer. We gave her uh, a community service award. Wonderful woman. And the Lord said, go call Christine Elo and tell her you need to meet her at the police station. Now, she gave me permission to use her name and, and the circumstances, so I'm going to tell you uh, what happened. So I called Christine, and I said, I need to meet with you. Just tell me when, what, tell me what time works for you. So she told me what time works for her. I came into her office, and I could see she was tensed up. And I said, look, I said in the text message, this is good. This is good. That, and so she's like, no, Bishop, this, is, this has just been a hard week. And, and I just feel beat up. And I said, look, um, I came here to ask you one question. How are you doing? Because you see, you need to understand, Christine is uh, the second highest ranking uh, police officer in the Cambridge Police Department. So you're talking about, number one, she's a black woman. Need I say more? <laughs> number two, She's a mother. Number three, she is a mother of twin black male teenagers. So she has all of this conflicting stuff going on. I'm a police officer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mom. I'm a black woman. And I have black sons. And all of this is going on. And I, and, and so she didn't have to tell me that is stressful. And I, and I knew that's why the Lord sent me. And I said, look, I'm just here to minister to you. That's the nuance I have to play as a, as a black pastor walking into the police station. And I can't worry. Paul said, I make myself of no reputation. I can't worry about my reputation when it comes to kingdom work. And so... I'm the rubber glove. I got to handle delicate situations. I got to navigate delicate situations because God says, yeah, you need to minister to them. And so I am not asking you to feel sorry for me. I'm not asking you not to be angry at me because you can. I, I, I'm just asking you to pray for me that when that God's hand can be will not be hindered by the glove called Brian Green. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. The second thing is not only do I have to be the hand of God when it comes to caring, I need to be the hand of God when it comes to cultivating. Now, what do I mean? I mean that 
this glove is like a work glove. It's a garden glove. Some people, they wear gloves when they're doing gardening. And we're called uh, to allow God to put his hand in our lives so we can cultivate. And, and the word cultivate, culture, it means to just help people to grow and help them to mature in, in, in a manner that is healthy. And so, for example, if you remember a few years ago, uh, we did the basketball league, the three-on-three. Three. If you can uh, show, see the picture there. And one of the people who played on the basketball league is a guy named Jeff. And Jeff is, he's, he's the tall, light-skinned fella. He's uh, to the left, over the left shoulder of Elder Roy uh, in the blue. And then, so Jeff uh, plays basketball in, in uh, Clement Mormon Park, which is right across the street from PT North, 77 Columbus Street. And so I've met Jeff, and many of us have met Jeff playing basketball. And then what happened that one of the individuals in our church, uh, Chris Hope, started a wonderful project called the Loop Lab. You just Google Loop Lab, and you'll find out all about how that that project is trying to bring people uh, into uh, uh, a, 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 a young black men and, and, and women into a space where they can be on the cutting edges of technology. Even the person now who is filming and recording me, uh, he's a product of the Loop Lab. He gave a shout out. And so uh, follow up with the next picture. So now you have Jeff moving from the basketball court. Look at that smile. Look at that handsome man. Uh, and again, that's one of the pictures of him while he's in the Loop Lab. And uh, he did a, a podcast. He has a fantastic voice. And so, and then you move a little further, uh, and the, now what happened? He moves from the basketball court, and then he starts working in the loop lab. And then, because he worked in the loop lab, that's a picture of me and Jeff at our men's summit. See what God is doing? We are cultivating Jeff into getting a taste of what it means to be a man of God, to get a taste of what it means to, you know, to come inside the church. And so he was with all the brothers at our men's summit. It was a wonderful thing. We took that wonderful, look at that smile. And then even on last Sunday when I was speaking at the protests at Cambridge Common, Jeff was one of the uh, individuals who did the video recording again at the Loop Lab and a shout out to uh, that vision that God put on uh, Brother Chris Hope's heart. The point is, is that we're called to cultivate lives and help people grow and hopefully they have an encounter with Jesus Christ. If you know what I'm talking about, lift your hands up and say amen, praise the Lord. So we're talking about God, I need you to be in my life to Number one, show some care and be careful with people's lives. Number two, I need you to be in my life so that I can help cultivate people and I can, you can use me to help people grow. And then, of course, there is uh, this glove, which is, of course, this is a fighting glove. This is a boxing glove. This is, this, you know, and sometimes you need to be God's hand when it comes to fighting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's some things. You, ah, there's no victory without a fight. There's no victory without a battle. And sometimes God is saying, I need I need somebody available who I can put my hand in and fight 
my battles through. One of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is, the, and, 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 and this is a challenge to you men, and I'm not against women leader. I believe women are called to lead as well. But when you look at the book of Judges, there, there, there is one woman out of all 12 judges, there is one woman out of all 12, and her name is Deborah. Deborah. And, and the only reason why God called her is because no man would step to the plate. Now, praise God for Barak. I think it's Barak. Uh, he eventually stepped to the plate. I read it in, in Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. But the point is, is that God, need, mm, God needs somebody who he can use as a glove to fight the Lord's battles. Now, that, now that's important. You need to ask yourself, am I fighting the Lord's battles or am I fighting my battles? And that's a challenge of us. And so when you look at uh, the, the next uh, picture, you, some of you know that uh, I had to give a public uh, word of prophecy on the steps of City Hall. I was drafted by the Cambridge Black Pastors because I'm the chaplain of the Cambridge Black Pastors. And so um, as I'm given this public prophetic word, the same prophetic word I gave last Sunday, so if you're wondering what that was, where I took the names of eight of the individuals who were murdered by police officers, and, uh, and I started I, with a young girl, seven years old. I, d I did Trayvon Martin, and of course I ended with uh, George Floyd, said what their names mean, how their names were prophetic. Now this was the interesting thing. So I'm standing there, and I said, the, I'm gonna give you names of individuals who are murdered by police. Notice, I said murdered by police. And I remember, uh, I said, my name is Pastor Brian Green. I am the chaplain of the Cambridge Black Pastors uh, Alliance. Okay, woo-woo. And then, in my mind, and there were, and there were you know, police all over the place, and I heard the Lord said, and you need to say you are the chaplain of the Cambridge Police Department. Now, now, in my mind, the enemy is saying, whoa, you, you, you're about to say these individuals were killed by police officers. You are a chaplain to the police officers. You, you don't have to say that part. Just say, just say you're there as a pastor. Just say you're there as the chaplain of the Cambridge a Black Pastor. Don't, don't, don't mention that part. But because if you mention that part, they're going to be looking at you cross-eyed when you try to do your job as a chaplain. But point is, is that there's sometimes you have to fight battles that you don't want to fight. But God needs somebody who he's created for such a time as this. The final glove I want to talk about is we talked about the rubber glove, as we call it, handling delicate, careful areas. We talked about the gardening glove, the work glove, where, again, we're helping uh, cultivate lives. You know, our church, restoring broken lives. That's why we have to be delicate with folk, because people come in here broken. Uh, people come in here fragile. And so we have to handle them delicately, but at the same time, we're trying to cultivate and help them to grow. And sometimes we have to fight for people who can't fight for themselves. That's why I admire Colin Kaepernick, because he, people got, people don't understand. He, he, he didn't need, it wasn't, he wasn't fighting a battle for him. He was fighting for those who couldn't fight for themselves. That's justice. Not fighting battles 
for you, fight battles for those who can't fight for themselves. Then finally, we want to talk about this final glove, and I call it uh, the conductor's glove. What do you mean? Usually when you go in a church or a very well-to-do place, you will notice that the, the ushers would wear these nice gloves because they're going to usher you into a place. They're going to usher you into position. And sometimes God is saying, I need you to be the person who will usher, who will guide, who will be a conductor. What? What do you mean? To guide somebody to Jesus. To guide somebody into the presence of God who is the only one who can really change the heart who can really minister to the broken lives. And so, uh, as I said, last Sunday, I, I was honored to be able to speak uh, at a protest, and, and God just opened the door for me to speak uh, to over 2,000 people. And I remember, uh, I said, God, what do you want me to do? I'm your glove. I didn't make this opportunity. You made it for me. And God said to me, I want you, he said to me, 90, probably to 95, 95 to 99% of those people in that crowd, particularly the young people, 22 years old and other, Gen, Gen Zs and probably baby boomers, I, th I think I said 40 and other as well, have never received the Father's blessing. And so many of you know that song, The Blessing is going all over the world where the blessing sung by churches in, in England and churches in Canada and churches uh, in one of the nations of Africa, like just everybody singing the blessing, the blessing. And the Lord said, I want you to pronounce that blessing over the people. And so you probably see a picture of me. It was in the papers. It was in online and news where I was blessing them. And, and just like I do in PT, I said, put out your hands and I will just bless them. And it was so powerful. And I remember after that, two young, uh, two young guys, they had to be about 18 or 19, 18 or 19. One was white and one was black. And they came up to me and they said, where is your church? See, young people want to go watch this. People want to go where they're celebrated, not tolerated. And, and, and I'm, I'm trusting that even though I didn't see, because there was 2,000 people there, I couldn't see what God was doing, but I remember uh, Brother Chris was there, and, and I had uh, Brother Chris and uh, Brother Richard came to pray with me, and Sister Sarah, uh, Sister Laureen, Sister Debbie, and... and um, and brother, and brother John McGiven and his wife and Elder Roy and a number of people, Sister Rita, I shouldn't be mentioning names because my wife was there, my brother Kevin was there. There were a number of people from PT were there and they were praying for me. And I remember Brother Chris said, Bishop, I saw people who were atheists. I know they're atheists, but they put their hands out for the blessing. What does the word bless mean? The word bless means to empower to succeed and there is no true success without Jesus. Let us be a church that ushers people into an encounter with God our Father. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and goodness. And Father, if there's anybody here who never received Jesus Christ as their Savior, we're asking you right now, we are ushering them in to the presence of Jesus. who He's the only one who can save. 
If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, all you have to do is, number one, just admit, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I don't know you. Secondly, say, tell Jesus, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you paid, you paid the price for my sins so that I can become a child of God. And number three, Jesus, I, I received that gift. I ask you to come into my life. The Bible says in Romans, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you ask him to come into your life, he will come into your life. If you just say those, th those three things, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and, and Jesus, come into my life, and he will come into your life. And if you ask Jesus to come into your life, please text us, email us. Uh, you should see one of the numbers below or email address below. Please do that because we will want to give you a Bible. We want to give you information to make sure your walk with Jesus is a powerful, functional, successful walk. Well, God bless you. And at this time, I just want to uh, give this closing prayer on behalf of you. And again, we talked about the blessing. And so put your hands out because I'm going to say over you the same blessing that I say every service and the same blessing that I spoke over those 2,000 people on last Sunday. So put your hands out to receive the blessing. You can even do the emoji like this. Yeah, very good. May the Lord bless you and protect you. This is found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grand beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, that is, move you forward, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure during these pandemic times, his prosperity and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. May he keep your mind in peace and may he keep your heart in peace. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say with me, I receive that blessing. God bless you.